Hey, hello everyone. This is David opposing the Matrix, and I'm doing another one of my late night uh, shows. It is the uh, 18th of February, 2020, and as I'm looking at the clock on the computer, it says it's 10:37 p.m. So I doubt that since this show has not been um, advertised ahead of time, and that uh, normal people are asleep getting ready for work tomorrow, I don't have to work tomorrow. Um, there are not very many people listening, so, um, that having been said, uh, <clears throat> I just got a few things I got to get off my chest and that's mainly what the, um, my solo shows are going to be getting things off my chest and trying to work through things and trying to make some sense out of things that just don't make sense anymore. So anyway, um, You've probably heard, if you listen to this show anyway, you've probably heard about Agenda 2020 and Agenda 2030. And I might have even mentioned here in Oregon we have something called Agenda 2021, which is just an offshoot of Agenda 2020. Well, what is Agenda 2020? Well, it's something that was put together by the UN that was um, supposed to be signed by all nations uh, in an accord that would allow all nations to start participating in a uh, what uh, uh, occasional cortex is calling um, uh, a new green deal and uh, that phrase has really been picked up lately and used by a lot of people especially that Greta gal from uh, from over in uh, the Scandinavian country somewhere can't remember where right now because she's really insignificant in my eyes so I'm not going to waste any time on her um, it's just the left trying to use uh, uh, a little girl as a human shield to get their point across. Uh, if you could make the world believe, especially bleeding hearts, believe that uh, children are interested in their future, then uh, people are going to start taking notice. And uh, I'm not going to fall into that uh, bovine scatology. Um, so um, Agenda 2020 and 2030 were um, implemented by the United Nations. 2030 I don't know so much about, but I think they're realizing that 2020 is not going to happen, especially since President Trump is in office and he uh, <clears throat> erased all the things or is in the process of erasing all the things that uh, all the treaties, all the deals and everything else that um, our illegally ele- elected president. Um, I even don't even like to use the term president because I think that his... Uh, they're going to find out that he never was an American and um, his uh, everything he does is going to be nullified here in the next four to eight years. But uh, anyway, um, so we were signatory to something and it was uh, over in Europe and Obama or one of our representatives went over there and signed it. But uh, Trump took us out of it. Thank you, President Trump. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. <clears throat> um so uh, anyway, but it's even though it's we're not signatory to the agreement anymore, a lot of, of the uh, hippie-ish types, the, uh, the liberals, the leftists, the uh, uh, groups like Greenpeace and things like that have taken this on and um, are trying to push it and ramrod it through American society. Um, let's do a little history lesson. When I was a kid... Uh, uh, and if you're if you're younger, you 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 might get a little history lesson. Um, first of all, gas was only like 23 cents a gallon when I was growing up. Um, that was back in the early 60s. I can remember driving into gas station. My dad complained that it had gone up to 23 cents, um, <laughs> which I find kind of comical now. If not, well, it's a, like a tragic comedy. 
But um, anyway, uh, and back then, uh, gasoline used to contain a small amount of lead, and the lead was basically used inside the engines because it lead is um, in some ways a lubricant. Uh, when it's heated up inside of an engine, it lubricates certain parts. Well, and, and rightfully so, they found out that lead wasn't good being poured out of uh, tailpipes of cars and trucks. And um, so they started to reformulate engines to where they would take unleaded gas. And at first, it, it wasn't a good thing at first, but after a while, it kind of caught on. <clears throat> and hence, since about 1973, I think it was all cars use unleaded gas if they've been manufactured since then. Um, they had a lot of problems with the older cars when they came out with the unleaded gas because the cars would ping and everything, and you'd have to put additives in your gas tank so that your your engine wouldn't do that. So anyway, uh, that as, as early as the 1960s, we were tr realized that there was a problem with air pollution. And we were trying to clean it up, and <clears throat> you know, they'll always show you pictures now of the Los Angeles basin and how it looks on a smoggy day. Well, there were a lot of areas in the United States that used to look like that on days when we had um, temperature inversions and, and things like that in the atmosphere. Well, for the most part, a lot of places don't look like that anymore. Um, Los Angeles still does, but yeah, Los Angeles is its own, is its own little problem. But <clears throat> anyway, um, I can remember being a little boy in, um, in New Jersey growing up in uh, Bergen County and uh, there and there being air pollution you couldn't see New York City at times but uh, you know what every day now you can see New York City uh, so things have gotten better so <clears throat> um, hence uh, Americans did realize early on that things were getting bad and, and, and fixed a lot of things and <clears throat> believe me the exhaust that comes out of your car today if it's working properly is basically um, not not so much CO2 anymore, but um, I think there's a nit nitrous oxide that comes out, and a lot of water comes out. Your catalytic converter turns a lot of that that uh, that vapor into water, and uh, <clears throat> hence that's why they call it a converter. And so you see a lot of um, tailpipes dripping water when you're sitting at a traffic light and you're behind another car and you see that. That's what's going on. But um, <clears throat> pardon me, folks. I have uh, I'm getting over a virus. <clears throat> and every once in a while I may cough. So um, anyway, um, so things have gotten better, much better. Um, I remember there was a, um, now I could be wrong about this because I was very young when this happened, but um, we used to live um, not too far away of a, from a river called the Passaic River in New Jersey, and uh, it, it was pretty bad. I can't even remember looking at it when I was a little boy, and then you'd see like a sludge, an oil slick on top of it, and um, I once had a cousin that uh, took a bet. Uh, this is when we were in high school. So that would be around 1975, 76, 77, right around there. <clears throat> and uh, somebody, um, he had a few beers in him and somebody bet him, I uh, bet you can't swim across that river. Now, it wasn't a, a big river like the Mississippi or anything. So uh, it was swimmable. And, and he swam there and back when he came out, they were drying him off. He basically had uh, oil all over him. So... And I think, if I'm not mistaken, also there there was a river in the United States somewhere at one time back then that actually caught on fire. Um, I don't know if it was the Passaic River or not. Like I said, I don't want to give out false information. But anyway, <clears throat> the, um, the rivers were pretty bad back then, and you couldn't fish in them. You wouldn't dare eat anything that came out of them unless you had a death wish. Um, 
the uh, Hudson River that's between uh, New Jersey and New York City. And uh, if you go up farther, it's between New York and the uh, New England states. Uh, was was really bad and <clears throat> it was really ill-advised to eat anything out of then back out of there out of that river back then. Excuse me. Um, so anyway, but those rivers now are clean. Uh, people do fish out of them and eat out of them. Uh, the East River is another thing. You know, you don't know what you're going to pull out of the East River. Uh, <laughs> um, used to be that fishermen were always pulling bodies out of there. Um, yeah, New York wasn't a nice place to live in. It still isn't, but, um, you know, it's, it's gotten a little better, but I still wouldn't eat anything out of the East River. But anyway, <clears throat> um, so things have gotten better. And I'm just going to keep saying that because they have. Um, I read a report not too long ago says that there's more trees in the United States now than there was when the uh, when the founding fathers lived. Okay, so you hear people, oh, they're cutting all the trees now. Well, no, there there's actually more trees. Uh, people plant trees when they put houses in neighborhoods uh, where there never were trees before and things like that. So, and here in Oregon, whenever they cut down, uh, do a clear cut for logging, they always plant trees again. And you can see all over the place where there's uh, there's old growth trees and then there's some younger trees and even younger trees in some places where the trees are only about three or four feet high. But uh, they do try to, uh, and, and it's it's mandated by law that they do replant after they cut, and they're pretty faithful to do that. The Forest Service is really uh, up and uh, and watching that. And uh, so anyway, <clears throat> um, so this... Uh, and you got to understand, okay, I, I'm kind of conflicted when it comes to all this green stuff and everything, because on one hand, you know, I've got three stepdaughters and a whole bunch of grandkids, and I want them all to be able to grow up in a very clean environment uh, where they don't have to worry about getting cancer from chemicals. Um, when I was a kid, uh, <clears throat> it was back in the early 60s, I think it was before 1967, uh, we had a mosquito problem in New Jersey, so every night a uh, truck would come through the neighborhood and a fog a fog would emanate out of the back of the truck. And it's funny because it sounded like a mosquito going down, a giant mosquito going down the street. And um, and um, so uh, us kids, uh, what we would do is get on our bicycles and drive through that fog. Well, later on, we found out that that fog was actually DDT and a, and a diesel aerosol. Um, and then our parents realized that and uh, wouldn't allow us to go there anymore. But anyway, I grew up um, <clears throat> walking to school. Many mornings I would uh, smell the uh, Dow chemical or I would smell DuPont or there were a few other uh, chemical factories in the area and lots of refineries. So um, they had little things in New Jersey called cancer clusters. And it would be little areas where um, for some reason, whatever that may be, people would... Um, come down with the same cancer and a lot of various people a lot of people would die in those areas so uh, but you don't hear about that much anymore then you know we moved on and we found out about the dump sites like love canal up in new york and and uh, the united states developed a system uh, called the super fund and they would go into these areas and dig down into the soil until they no longer found any chemicals and they would haul all that soil out to god knows where but um uh so things have gotten better. And yes, you know, we hear from time to time things like the the water in Flint, Michigan, uh, a few years ago was contaminated. And so they had a bottle and water and everything. But um, the thing is that when things are found out like that, they're taken care of. You know, it's, it's not really 
um, put off. And, and, you know, some of you out there are probably going, yeah, but they're spraying the skies with chemtrails. And yes, they are. And I think in due time, that'll be taken care of. And I, I do know that we see a lot less of them here now out in Oregon than we did earlier. So maybe um, Trump is having some kind of effect, effect and uh, getting that reduced, too. I'm pretty sure he knows about it. I know that uh, Obama knew about it because I found out from a, a relative who had a friend who actually met with Obama, um, that's somebody that's really into the, the green movement. And um, and Obama acknowledged that chemtrails are real and that the, his excuse was that they're using it to block the rays of the sun because of global warming and everything else, um, which doesn't make sense to me because if the carbon monoxide is blocking the, the rays of the sun and keeping the heat in, then... Uh, why would you need the chemtrails? I think there's a more uh, devious uh, explanation to the chemtrails, and I think it's to depopulate the United States. But we, that's another subject for another day. And we have had people on, such as um, Russ Tanner, who explained what chemtrails are and um, even has them categorized into different kinds and uh, what those kinds do to people. Uh, let's get back on track, though. <clears throat> so things have gotten better. Although there is always room for improvement, but for all in all, the, the United States that we live in now is much cleaner than the United States we lived in. And that's because a lot of people became environmentally <clears throat> conscious and, and uh, you know, when they saw things happening, they, they, they call in now. They call in and complain and, uh, you know, when enough people call in and complain, things can't be ignored and then things are taken care of. So, um, <clears throat> let's see. So, anyway... Uh, so I move up from California <clears throat> to this state called Oregon. I want to be nice because I still live here. <laughs> I don't really want to tick anybody off or have anything said that or say anything that would um, cause people to uh, become angry at me and maybe be retaliatory. But anyway, <clears throat> the, um, the, the, uh, there are some weird things up here. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, when I was a kid, uh, that was probably in my late teens, they came out with something called plastic bags at supermarkets. And the whole idea of the plastic bag was that uh, the environmentalists had said that we were cutting down too many trees to make bags. Okay, so um, their answer was, okay, well, you know, we got to do something different. So the industry thought about it and they came out with these things called plastic bags. And I know that today they're calling them single-use plastic bags, but, you know, I'm sorry, but I use one of or one, two of them in tandem put together for the period of a year to carry my lunches to work. So you, you're not going to tell me that they're single-use. They can be used multiple times over and over and over again. Um, <clears throat> but here they call them single-use. So <clears throat> anyway, going back to the, the bags, um, they decided to... Uh, to come out with these plastic bags and uh, do away with the paper bags. Although they always had them. They would always ask you, do you want paper or plastic? And plastic had handles on it. It was much easier to carry and things. They didn't rip when you were carrying them. And uh, if something leaked in them, then uh, many times that, that leakage stayed inside the bag and, and didn't ruin the uh, ruin it like it would ruin a um, paper bag. You know, a lot of times when you were younger, you picked up a paper bag and the bottom had rotted out from water being in it and stuff would go all over the place. Well, anyway, um, <clears throat> so people got used to the plastic bags and used them for many different things. And um, so 
some brainiac, um, probably say 10 or 15 years ago, um, they started complaining that these things were flying all over the place. And God is my witness. I've never seen a plastic paper, a plastic grocery bag flying anywhere. Okay. Usually a lot of, most of the people I know that they would use them for other things. You know, like I said, I carried them to carried my lunch in them. Um, I used to pack them with me uh, to carry uh, dirty clothes when I went uh, on a trip somewhere. If I didn't want to do laundry there, I just put them in the plastic bags and put them in my suitcase and bring them home. Um, <clears throat> many different uses for them. Um, a lot of us use them in our cars. You know, we, we wanted to have a trash bag in our cars. So if you had a knob somewhere, you hung it on there and then you just threw any kind of waste in there. Anyway, um, so this business that they were single use is hogwash. But um, <clears throat> so I, I've I become a lot like my father and grandfather as I got older, have gotten older. <clears throat> and uh, they both uh, believed in speaking their mind. And back then you could speak your mind without uh, fear of being called a racist or a bigot or a hater or a homophobe or whatever. And believe me, I don't go around using uh, a lot of terms that, that would prove me to be any of those. But I do speak my mind when it comes to things. And uh, <clears throat> I saw a perfect opportunity one day. <laughs> used to live in a place called Eugene, Oregon. I call it now the People's Republic of Eugene. Uh, they have a paper there called the Register Guard. We call it the Red Guard. Um, it, it's a it's a hippie hangout. It's a very, very extremely liberal area that makes many parts of California look like uh, Barry Goldwater conservatism, you know, and um, if you don't know who that is, look it up. Um, but um, so we happened to be in a, a store and I, or I did. I was by myself, actually, and I think it was called Whole Foods or um, something like that. It's a food that caters to, uh, let's just put it this way. A lot of the hippies and stuff go there because the food's supposed to be fresh. It's supposed to be organic and everything else, which doesn't make any sense to me because organic means it was once living. So, um, you know. Anything, everything that was once living is organic. Uh, if it can decay, it's organic. Well, anyway, um, <clears throat> so uh, I was in line, and the lady asked me. Uh, they were doing away with plastic bags. They had done away with plastic bags in Eugene at that time. The whole state has done it now. And plastic straws and everything else. And um, maybe we should revisit why they're, they're doing that. Well, um, sometimes the plastic does get into water and, and it travels downstream. It goes into the bay from the rivers into the bays and out to the ocean. And, um, <clears throat> marine life doesn't know what it is. And sometimes marine life takes that in and, um, plastic doesn't decay. So it stays in the animal. Many times it'll kill an animal. But that being said, they have proven that most of the animals or most of the plastic that's in the ocean comes from, <clears throat> places like China and Japan and other places where they they just freely dump this stuff in their water. And you've probably heard about that floating island out in the Pacific that's so many uh, square miles in, in diameter and length and everything else and um, where it's just a, like an island of plastic. Well, just follow the tides. You know, if it's in the middle of the Pacific, it didn't come from here. You know, it came from, it came from the well, what we would call West, but we would call the Eastern countries like China and Japan and maybe Vietnam and Korea, maybe. And <clears throat> so most of the plastic that's in the ocean comes from those places, not necessarily the United States, although I won't say that we're totally innocent. OK, but um, 
<clears throat> so that's the argument that's used. It hurts marine life. Okay. Um, per personally, I prefer paper straws. Um, we had when we were kids, and I never had a problem with them. I love them. But uh, so if they want to bring that back, that's fine, and they have, and it's great. Um, <clears throat> but so anyway, um, getting back to my story, I was uh, in this store, and I knew that you could. I don't know. I can spot liberals from a mile away, um, especially in, in Eugene. I can I can spot them because, oh, they're usually wearing Birkenstocks, usually in shorts, and um, a lot of times they have um, the guys have uh, waist long hair, and uh, the women have don't believe in shaving their legs and armpits and stuff like that. And and believe me, if that's the way you want to live, that's fine. But you know, don't try to push your politics on me at the same time. Well, anyway. <clears throat> we're in line and uh the lady goes would you like uh, like to buy a bag because you got to pay it used to be five cents i think it's up to a quarter now for a bag and i i said no i'm not buying into uh this this uh communist plot that's going on around here and i could hear the people behind me seething and it was great because they're, you know they they have to remain composite they can't really um, come out and start yelling because then they wouldn't be the, um, the wonderful little uh, peaceful li liberals that they all claim to be. So it was it was great. It was like I was on a stage with uh, with a spotlight on me. And then <clears throat> she goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I said, you know, when I was a kid and I told the story about like I told you guys, you know, that uh, you couldn't get paper anymore because we were killing too many trees. And I said, and the liberals, you know, and I, I mentioned the liberals a lot when I was talking. And I said, well, well, now what they're doing is um, it's okay to cut down trees as long as you pay a quarter or, you know, five cents or a quarter for the bag. So trees have a price on them now. You know, you can, uh, even with the with the liberals, you can cut down a tree if you pay a quarter. You know, and boy, you could, uh, it, you could tell, you know, I could feel the, the hatred seething out of them uh but they still wouldn't say anything and uh so the girl started to agree with me and i said look i said i like you and you probably like your job so don't agree with me okay please don't agree with me because they'll go right to your boss and complain and you'll be fired when you know before i leave the store and she said okay you know uh, thank you for telling me that and i said yeah um so anyway i've done that several times in stores here and uh, I know my wife doesn't like me doing it when she's with me, but I do it anyway because it proves a point. You know, it's like everything has a price on it. And and yes, uh, you know, saving the earth is, is very important, things like that. And not polluting is important, but <clears throat> I don't like hypocrisy. So we were in a store the other day. And uh, this whole thing came up again about the bags. You know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of the checkers are saying that people are complaining about it. They don't like it. And they're taking it out on the checkers, which if, if you're doing that, stop doing that. They can't help it. They're just doing what they're told to do. Okay. If you don't like it, bring your own paper, plastic bags in there. That would be a great way to protest. But, um, yeah, let them, let them try to kick you out of their store for using your own plastic bags. That would, that would uh, send a message that would really uh, reverberate throughout the community. And you might even get yourself on the news. Um, but um, so where was I going with this? So anyway, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so I, we were in a store the other day, and it was a Walmart. And I think it was in Lebanon, Oregon. And... Um, 
I noticed that they still had plastic bags. However, they were very, very thick plastic bags. And uh, I guess that means that they're multi-use. You know, you just don't use them once and throw them out. And uh, so I guess that's what that means. I don't know. And I says, well, look at this. You guys have plastic bags. Well, yeah, sir, but they're, you know, they're they're multi-use. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, well, what if I decide to take it home and just throw it in the garbage? It doesn't become multi-use, right? Well, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> well, anyway, then I noticed that if you go back to the produce section, they have the little bags that you can put your tomatoes, your apples in and stuff like that. And those are still plastic. Those are even thinner than the plastic they had for the single-use bags, supposed single-use bags. Um, so what's the deal with that? Those can blow away a lot easier. And um, and then look at the um, the bags that they make you buy now. Uh, well, let's let me clarify that because you can still buy paper bags. But a lot of places you go to now, they're selling bags with their logos on them. And those things are made out of plastic. Ooh, evil plastic. We got it again. And whereas one of those plastic bags that were a throwaway bag, supposedly, might go into a landfill and might start decaying in about 10 years. If you throw one of those new plastic bags, those those gigantic ones that, uh, you know, are, man, they got to be a quarter inch thick on the walls or maybe an eighth of an inch. And uh, you throw one of those in a landfill when it's finally used up. My goodness, it's going to take, it'll take couple thousand maybe 10,000 years for one of those to decay and you know that's assuming that the earth's going to last that long I don't think it is but anyway um, so you know we got this big conspiracy so so we got this governor <laughs> her name is Kate Brown and if that name sounds familiar to you the name Brown well her brother used to be the governor of California and uh, yes they are related um, you just got to look at them and see the inbred fe uh, features that they all both possess, and you can figure that one out real easy. Um, but um, anyway, um, she's in power now and, uh, and has been quite assertive in her power. And um, so they've got this thing, um, Agenda 2021, that they're trying to put through. And it's really a nasty bill, folks. It'll, it'll just destroy Oregon. It will. Uh, and I'll explain why it'll do that. Oregon, aside from Portland and Eugene, is a heavily farmed state. Um, we grow everything here. Uh, I mean, not not the things, some of the things they grow in California, but uh, uh, for instance, the county I live in dubs itself the uh, grass seed capital of the world. We grow a lot of grass seed here. Um, they're starting to plant a lot of orchard here with uh, filbert nuts and, and everything else. And um, and people grow apples here and, and a lot of the colder weather fruit, uh, apples, pears, cherries, and stuff like that. And uh, so a lot of food comes from Oregon. Uh, it might not seem like it, but it does. And um, so, but there, there's a lot of areas um, that, that do that. But um, there are certain, it's like the rest of the country. It's like... Um, the reason why we need the electoral college and, and national votes, uh, we should really have in Oregon because there's basically two cities, uh, if you if you count Salem, maybe three, that control the whole state. The wills of those three cities, the people in those three cities, uh, dictate what happens in the rest of the state. Now, bear in mind that those three states are urban, the rest of the state is rural, and um, that's where all the food and everything is grown. Well. 
with this first uh, new green deal that they had or this agenda 2021 uh, part of the bill stated that any vehicle that was older than uh, that was manufactured before 2007 uh, would become illegal and uh, you would have to purchase new, a, a new vehicle or a newer vehicle that had to be uh, you know made after 2007 um, that would affect me profoundly um, Another thing they wanted to do is they wanted to start replacing diesel vehicles with electric vehicles. Now, keep that in mind because we're going to go back to that in a little while. Um, and uh, and bear in mind also that a lot of farmers, uh, farming is not a uh, money producing. Uh, you don't get rich farming. Let's put it that way. Okay. There may be years when you do a little better than you did the year before, but you don't get rich farming. <clears throat> Some farmers barely break even. And so they can't afford to replace tractors. And if uh, you look at some of the tractors that are out there, we're talking about some intricate looking things. And um, so a lot of tractors that are out there, you know, are 15, uh, 20 years old, maybe. Uh, and, and But the farmers, they, they, they're very skilled. They have a lot of mechanics and they, they're able to fix things and replace things and keep these things running. But under this new law, the farmers would all have to get rid of their tractors and buy new tractors. Thus, a lot of farms would go under. Okay. And when farms go under, who buys the farms? Well, foreign interests buy them. Developers buy them to put houses there. And when you stop producing food, uh, you don't have enough food or you stop producing enough food for people to eat. Let's put it that way. Um, so basically, it's <laughs> there was a cartoon one day. And I'm going to replace what was in it with uh, what should be in it for, for what's going on here in Oregon. And um, it's a tree with, uh, in the original was a tree, and the tree has Islam written on the side of it. And it's got a rope tied around it, and then a noose tied around a person's neck. Now, the tree's only about two feet high, but the noose is still around the guy's neck. And the whole thing about the cartoon is that that tree's going to grow bigger, and it's going to end up hanging the guy that's tied to it. Um, so anyway, uh, let's replace the name on that tree with, uh, cap and trade. That's what the bill is called here in Oregon, cap and trade. And, um, so that tree's going to grow up and, uh, yes, it might seem like it's a good thing right now, but it's going to end up hanging the people that are tied to it. And a lot of people in these cities don't realize what's going to happen to them. See, the whole thing of this is in the guise of there's too much pollution in Portland and Eugene and, and some of the other bigger cities in Oregon, uh, which number three or four, um, and that cap and trade will help to reduce that. Well, no. Yeah, well, well, maybe it will a little bit up in the cities, but uh, it'll also uh, kill the economy in the rest of the state. And that's what everybody's afraid of. And uh, so last year... Um, they were trying to ramrod this through. Now, the people of Oregon, we like to vote on things. You know, if, they, if it's going to impact our lives in the way of taxes and stuff, we want to vote on it. Okay? And that's not asking too much, is it? I don't think it is. Well, there have been things that have come up before where we voted on, and the, uh, the legislature, which is vastly Democratic or Democrat, um, leftists, I'd like to say, because that's what they are. They didn't like the way the voters voted, and so they went ahead and wrote bills anyway and put them through and then superseded the uh, the will of the voters. And uh, something like cap-and-trade did go through, uh, through the voting process not too long ago, and I do believe that it was rejected, but so the um, 
the legislature doesn't like that. So now they're writing a bill and trying to ramrod it through. Well, anyway, last year when they tried to ramrod it through, the few Republicans that are here um, took off to uh, Idaho, um, all of them. And uh, the thing is that the, uh, this, the legislature in Oregon requires a quorum in order to be able to pass a bill. And that means that so many senators have to be there. Well, there's just enough Republican senators and, and, and uh, representatives in the legislature that when they all took off to Oregon, or excuse me, to uh, Idaho, they weren't able to, the bill became dead and couldn't be voted on. And oh boy, old Katie Brown, um, the, uh, the governor of the state, she, uh, decided that uh, she was going to call up the state police and have them arrested and have them brought into the uh, into the chamber so this thing could be voted on. Well, she didn't know where they were at the time when she did that. Uh, and it was discovered that they all went over to, to Idaho to um, so that they wouldn't be in a state to be able to vote on it. Um, and I remember reading an article where the, um, the Idaho state police wrote to the Oregon state police and said that they will not tolerate Oregon state policemen crossing the border into Idaho because it's not their jurisdiction. And they, they would uh, basically arrest any Oregon state police uh, officer that uh, tried to go into Idaho on the guise of trying to arrest some of these senators or representatives. So um, anyway, the time had passed and the representatives came back and boy, did they catch hell. Uh, how dare you leave the state? How dare you do that? You know, the, you know, this bill is for the good of the people. And it's always for the good of the people. But the people are going to suffer. How is it for the good of the people? And if it's for the good of the people in two or three cities and the rest of the state is going to take it into shorts, then how is it good for them? Anyway, um, <clears throat> so the bill was dead. and uh, But now they've uh, supposedly revised it. Well, in the, in the uh, meantime, uh, back when the original bill was in the legislature, um, a bunch of people got together to forge something called Timber Unity. And it was a group of farmers and uh, lumber people that decided that they weren't going to put up with this crap anymore. And uh, back during that time of the first bill, when they were trying to put it through, uh, many uh, truckers and farmers all drove their equipment up to Salem and basically snarled traffic up for a day driving around the Capitol. And people were in front of the Capitol protesting. And it was a really neat thing. Um, this year, they did the same thing because they're trying to put it through under a different guise. They're trying to break up the bill and they're trying to put it into different bills to where it's not all in one. And... Uh, they're not being too successful in hiding their, their plans. Although, you know, when it comes to the press and it comes to the sheeple out there that, that think that government is everything good, um, you know, they, they are pulling a wool over their eyes. Anyway, um, so now uh, we're, at, we're at a standstill now again where the Republicans are all, have all walked out of the chambers again. And, and if they're smart, they'll, they'll go to Idaho again or somewhere else. And, um, and until this thing becomes dead again, and um, it's just it's just sad to see you know the communist mindset. You know, first of all, you you do not try to arrest a legislator, you know, uh, using the state police, and and the name state police is an apt name because uh, you know in communist countries it was always the state that went after people. So um, and we can get into the the Oregon state police, but I'd rather not to right now. But um, anyway, the fact that they would even kowtow to her and, and, and agree to try to arrest these guys is, is kind of troubling. Um, you know, you can always say no, you know. Um, 
so anyway, that this is where we stand right now. And so um, she's having a cow about it now, um, about the fact that the uh, legislature, the Republicans have uh, all departed again. And they even tried to change the law to uh, the Constitution of the state of Oregon to where the quorum uh, didn't matter anymore. <laughs> That's how desperate these people are to, to get this thing to pass. But it's having a backfire effect on them. And there's a lot of people. Um, I, I work with uh, a patient who was telling me one day that his uh, brother and sister have been lifelong Democrats. But after all this has been going on, they're changing and they're becoming Republicans. So. There are a lot of people that are leaving the Democratic Party and becoming Republicans. Um, <clears throat> so the next thing that old Katie did, um, if I haven't mentioned it already, is, um, you know, in the United States, we have the Electoral College. And uh, so what Katie did is they passed a new law. And I, I can't see how this would, would go without changing the Constitution. Um, but I don't know how the politics in Oregon work or how easy it is to change the constitution of the state. Um, I know the federal constitution, you know, you got to get amendments and it's hell trying to get that done. But um, anyway, uh, they um, they passed a law to where it's not going to be uh, the uh, electoral college delegates for the state of Oregon aren't going to uh, represent the counties anymore. They're going to just represent the popular vote of the rest of the um, votes of the United States. Um, in other words, um, remember last year, uh, Trump won. won uh, they say that Hillary won the popular vote by one or two million more than Trump. But because of the Electoral College, uh, uh, Trump won. Well, uh, now with the way it is in Oregon, uh, whatever the um, popular vote is in the United States is what Oregon is going to accept as its delegates to the um, Electoral College, which to me sounds a really, really unconstitutional. And I think that uh, when push comes to shove, the feds are going to say, you know what, you can't do that. You got to go back to the old way. At least I hope the feds would do that. But this might work in our favor anyway, because if things are turning the way it looks like they're turning uh, and so many Democrats are defecting from the uh, Democratic Party and becoming Republicans, then um, the popular vote will be in Trump's favor. And so I can't I would love to be in the um, whatever room Kate Brown's going to be in in um, in November when the uh, popular vote comes in and it's all for Trump. And she realizes that she just. uh um, basically, um, you know, how do I say this without using a bad vernacular, um, that she has actually put it to herself um, when it comes to the to the vote and that her little new rule actually went in the favor of Trump. Um, that is going to be a beautiful thing to watch, uh, a wonderful thing to watch. And, boy, they're going to be squirming in Portland and in uh, Eugene and stuff like that. But um, um, there's... Um, one of the things that spurred me to do the show tonight was there was a uh, there there have been several movements in Oregon and in California to uh, split the state. Um, the one that was popular last year or maybe even the year before was to take uh, part of California, the eastern and northern part of California, and merge it with uh, the western part of Oregon, and uh, and to name it Jefferson. Um, now that's that's happened before um, many times, 
and it happened, you know, they were trying to do it again um, last year, the year before, or maybe both. And it, it I think it's still a popular thing, but the, the news isn't um, reporting on it anymore. Well, now a new one came out, and um, what did they call it? Um, Greater Idaho, where um, the western part of, uh, or the, excuse me, eastern part of uh, Oregon would secede from uh, Oregon and become part of um, Idaho, along with uh, some major uh, counties in the, the northern part of uh, or, uh, California also. And so it's heard me on this. I, of course, you know, you get your people that are for it, and they post it on Facebook. And then, but then you get your your liberals are on there, and they start mocking. Now liberals are great at mocking. You know, if they don't get their way, um, you, you can argue with a liberal and go back and forth on stuff. But finally, when they realize that they've lost, they start name calling. It's it's natural. It's it's natural in the uh, the liberal psyche for them to do that. Um, and, and if you've ever dealt with them, you, you know that's a true thing. But um, so I just said that, you know, I thought it would be a good idea. And, and to please include our county because our county is very conservative, but it happens to be in western Oregon. And, uh, boy, you should see some of the things that are people are right. You know, mocking, you know, if you don't like Oregon, leave it. Um, yeah, why don't you just go to Idaho, you know, and uh, uh, it, it was just pretty nasty. You know, but when you post stuff like that on Facebook, you got to expect the liberals to come out and be that way because that's the way they are. Sorry if you're liberal and you think that's offensive, but, you know, the fact that you're offended is uh, proof that that's true. Um, a, a conservative will take what's given to them and will consider that, you know, hey, am I right or am I wrong? But a liberal just they don't even think they just fly right off the handle and start yelling and screaming and insulting just the way they are. It's that's the nature of the beast, so to speak. So um, anyway, we, we've got some perilous times coming in this country. And um, I don't know what's going to happen when Trump gets reelected. I'm not even saying if I'm saying uh, barring him dying or something, he's going to be reelected. And um, the, the liberals are just going to really lose it. You think that they've lost it in the last four years. My goodness, the four years that follow are going to be uh pretty bad and it might even lead to some form of uh, martial law or civil war who knows but uh, <clears throat> I think that we all need to be prepared for that um, uh, and I've, I've said on other shows you know if, uh, if you commute to work and you commute to a city and it's in a liberal state um, prepare just prepare yourself you know just uh, map yourself out some routes that will keep you away from uh, the main population you know um if you drive a uh, an interstate highway into uh, uh, let, let's just say like a place like Portland or um, or Salem or something like that, you know darn well that uh, the exits are going to have protesters. So you know find a back way to go. Um, a lot of times these cities abut up next to uh, uh, conservative areas, so you can go to the conservative areas to get into the the liberal area because that there probably won't be any problem there. But anyway. Um, so let's get ready for this because it's coming down the pike and I don't know what's going to happen here in Oregon. I do think that, uh, there's a lot of very ticked off people in rural Oregon and no matter what, see Kate Brown and her minions have lost, um, the, uh, the faith of the people of all, of a lot of the liberals, but all conservatives. And if she were to come up with a bill that was even 
opposite of what she's come up with now. Uh, conservatives have turned it down because there's they always try to slip things in under the wire or in small print or they attach another bill to that bill and stuff like that. So um, the state is in desperate need of revenue. Oh, and here's another thing. You're going to love this one. Okay. So this woman is pushing for people to get rid of their diesel trucks. Um, and, uh, you know, gross polluting cars is what they call them. Um, but they want us to go to electric cars. Okay. Now, you know, that, that could have its merit. You know, um, I, I, I won't give up my diesel truck and I won't give up my gas car. But if people want to give up those things and get electric cars, that's great. Okay. But how do you make electricity? Well, there's wind power that doesn't make a lot of electricity. Now we can visit that in a second. Um, and uh, there's coal, which produces most of the electricity in this country. There's hydroelectric, which produces a lot, especially in Northern California and the Pacific Northwest and in other areas where it rains a lot. Um, so those are, those are your basic uh, two or three. And uh, so anyway, she wants electric cars and wants us to get rid of all of our gas burning, diesel burning cars. So this week she actually came out with, I'm almost embarrassed to say it because this woman is, you know, kind of the, um, the governor of our state. And you'd like to think that there's some kind of sanity here. Um, although every day it's been proven that there's less and less, but, um, she came out with a proposal that, um, Three of the dams that are on the Snake River, uh, which feeds into the Columbia, three of those, the dams uh, that the ones that she's proposing are all hydroelectric. In other words, they make electricity with the water flowing through them. Through the water flows through uh, tubes and over turbines, just turning the turbines and creating electricity. Well, she's proposing that those three those three dams be taken down because they're impeding the uh, salmon population. Now, if you've ever been to a, any kind of dam on any kind of river that has salmon, they have fish ladders. The fish can go to that side and the fish climb up the ladders like they would uh, go up a normal uh, stream or river. And uh, they can get to their destination. Uh, so one guy proposed, he says, well, why don't we just build better fish ladders on the side of the dam? You know, which would be a, that's a common sense, sane solution. But instead, this dingbat up in Salem wants to, to remove three hydroelectric dams, which would make electricity for electric cars. And it's like, where, <laughs> where's the sanity in that? You know, Michael Savage coined a phrase years ago, and it's become quite popular, and a lot of people are using it. And that phrase is, liberalism is a mental disorder. And I'm telling you, that guy, Michael Savage, ought to win some kind of award some kind of metal um, for having come up with that because, man, that hits the nail right on the head. Um, one of the um, tenets of uh, insanity, or people say it's a definition of insanity, is trying to do the same thing that has failed over and over again, thinking that this next time that you do it, it'll work successfully. Um and all you got to do is look at Venezuela to see that socialism doesn't work successfully. Look at Cuba. Look at the fact that the the Russians gave up socialism um, and that the Chinese have become uh, more capitalist than they are communist. Okay. And that proves to you that socialism doesn't work. And 
but we we keep getting guys like Bernie Sanders. Oh, we have to become socialists. We have to be fair to everybody. Um, yeah. Well, let's take let's take some votes away from Bernie and see if that uh, if he thinks fairness is a good idea because you're distributing those votes among other people. Um, anyway, uh, getting back to that um, whole Snake River thing um, and and the insanity of liberalism. Uh, they always try to make things better, knowing that the, those things have failed in the past. And quite frankly, that it is insane. Okay. Now, if you or I were to do that, we would be judged insane. But these people, they were receiving all these acts. Oh, such a good idea. Oh, my goodness. Let's kiss the ground right here because Kate Brown walked on it. Oh, my goodness. Let's... Um, Let's do this. Let's do that because uh, we have to make a, an example, a Oregon example of the rest of the country. Well, you could do that by paying your teachers more and teaching kids real math instead of common core math. And here's the one that really gets to me. Oregon's a sanctuary state. I think all three West Coast states are. So <clears throat> we spend all of our tax money or a lot of it providing free health care welfare, uh, I think even driver's licenses now, um, to illegal aliens. <clears throat> a lot of these people are coming into this country and they're committing crimes, and they're doing less time for their crimes than um, than uh, naturally born Americans are doing for their crimes, all because they're supposed to feel tired or, or sorry for the illegal aliens who have been oppressed. Well, I'm sorry, a criminal is a criminal no matter where you come from. So... Um, now I see that Trump is starting to uh, get it to where he's getting subpoenas to where he can go into these states and try to uh, get their records for illegal aliens. And by golly, I hope he's a, he's effective and that it works. Um, while you haven't been watching, um, uh, I think it's uh, he's appointed uh, seven or eight new judges to the Ninth Court of Appeals, Circuit Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And uh, thus tipping the scales of that court. It used to be a liberal court that used to be a burr under the saddle of every president in the United States um, <clears throat> that have been around recently. And uh, <clears throat> now it's turning into a more conservative court. So um, a lot of the attention that's been paid on Trump about some of the supposed misdoings mis uh, and the impeachment and the whole thing, that whole time that's been going on, Trump's been doing this. So. You know, you got to be thankful for the Pelosi's and the Schumer's of this world who who um, try to make a mountain out of a molehill. And while they're doing that, you know, I think good things are being done on uh, on the sly, or I should say, well, the, not a lot of people have their attention on it, not on the sly. It makes it sound like it's wrong. But um, anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice, so I'm not going to stay on much longer. Uh, we'll try to make it to the hour point. But um good things are going to start happening pretty soon. I think that a lot of these Democrats are going to get voted out of office, except for in places like Oregon and California and Washington, where they're pretty well guaranteed offices forever, unless the population wakes up, which is what I'm hoping is happening here in Oregon. Um, of course, you're going to have your diehard liberals. Um, see, liberalism is like a cancer. It's like a, a virus. A virus will go into a cell and it will replicate itself. It will actually change the uh, DNA of the cell 
um, and take on the characteristics of the DNA of the cell so that it, when, when it leaves the cell, the body thinks that it's, it's, a, it's one of the body's cells. And that's exactly, man, if you look at liberalism and, and leftist people, they, that's what they do. They take on the air of uh, being normal Americans, but they, um, they're they actually um, traitors, uh, usurpers, um, and, they, and they get in and they try to convince other people to think like they do, and sometimes they're successful. Uh, the Bible uses the illustration of wolves in sheep's clothing, and an even better illustration it uses is the, um, um, oh, I can't think of it right now, but there's a plant that grows up alongside the wheat, and when it's young, it looks just like wheat, and Jesus used it as an analogy, Yeshua did, because um, the disciples were um, talking about wheat, and he said, uh, uh I keep wanting to say chaff, but that's not the right word. But um, <clears throat> he said that what the wise thing to do is to, to wait until that other plant matures because while it's young, it looks just like wheat, but when it matures, it looks nothing like wheat. And then you can pick the wheat and throw the other one out the, into the fire. And so I think that's what's happening now. A lot of liberals, uh, if you look at some of the insanity that uh, Nancy Pelosi's performing and Chuck Schumer and um, Schiff and some of the other people, um, you, you could tell um, the the um, there's starting to be a differentiation between the the um, the sheep and the and the um, and the goats. You know, there's uh, you could tell the difference now, and uh, the wolves are being revealed for who they are, and and hopefully if Trump it's true and they're they're the Justice Department does have. Uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, sealed documents to take some of these people down. Um, it can't happen too soon enough for me, but like I keep telling people, that's going to have to wait until um, until after the election because if that were to happen now, that, w- that would be too much for the American people to absorb. Uh, the, Trump could possibly lose the election if he did that before. So I think Bill Barr is getting everything ready. Um, the uh, Supposedly, the prison barges and the uh, jail cells are all set up down in Gitmo. Um, when those indictments are open, these people are going to be whisked away, and a lot of them are going to go to military courts because they're treasonous traitors and and seditious liars, and uh, they're going to be tried under military law, and uh, unfortunately for them, they're going to be um, executed. If it's true what happened to G.W. Uh, G. Bush, um, uh, that he was executed. Um, I don't doubt that. And the same with McCain, because they were traitors. And uh, um, I think you're going to see a lot of that. I don't, I don't think it's going to be very public, because I don't think the press is going to pick up on it. Except uh, if they would pick up on it, it would be to badmouth it. And they would have every right to do that. But every right would be on the side of right if uh, these... Um, these people were taken out and um, and done away with because they've been not, done nothing but betrayed our country. Even our our own governor, I guess, went over and made some deals with China um, not too long ago. Um, it's too bad she didn't go to Wuhan, um, but um, uh, some se- separate trade deals with China and uh, basically um, that's a traitorous act right there um, because I think the uh, companies she made. Uh, deals with are companies that are uh, 
are out to take our money and use it against us and uh, try to take over our state. But that's a whole other subject for another day. And like I said, my voice is going pretty quick. So um, <clears throat> I think that I'm going to go ahead and uh, end it here. And, um, well, I just wanted to get those few things out. As things come out, I, I want to get them out so I don't forget them. I There's nothing worse than saying saying to yourself, you know, I could have said this on a radio show yesterday, and I didn't, and maybe somebody would have benefited from it, and they didn't, so um, anyway, uh, with the good Lord's help um, and a lot of prayer, um, we need to pray for this country. Um, We're told to pray for our leaders. I, I will pray for the righteous leaders. I can't bring myself to pray for the unrighteous ones. I'm sorry. Um, that might sound un- not right to some of you, but uh, if I do pray anything, I pray Psalm 109. Uh, that's what I prayed for Obama all those years, and, and hopefully that comes into fruition. But um, <clears throat> need to pray that God would have mercy on our land and on our people, that uh, he would uh, take away the wicked and uh, leave the righteous and reward the, the righteous. Um, there aren't very many righteous in this country. But there are a lot of people that are searching for righteousness. And I think if they saw uh, the righteous being uh, blessed, that they would become more righteous themselves. They would see the um, the reward for being righteous and would and convert over to righteousness. So anyway, um, I don't want to babble on. So uh, my prayer is that until we meet again, either uh, I do a solo or next Monday when we get together and do a show, I just pray that you be blessed and, and that the Lord looks favorably upon you. And... Um, that um, we can finally look one day real soon and say the Lord is taking care of us and he is He is uh, taking the evil out of this land and um, making it go away forever. So that having been said, I'm going to say good night and uh, you all have a blessed uh, whatever it is, day, evening, um, whenever you listen to this show. And uh, well, we'll talk to you soon. God bless from the beautifully, aesthetically beautiful state of Oregon, but really screwed up politically state of Oregon. Good night.